and welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach Michael Hart. He is the head coach of St. Andrews Boys Basketball, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast through a deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rory Runback episode 58 and I have a great interview for you guys today with coach Mike Hart. He is the head coach of St. Andrews Boys Basketball. Uh, great, great powerhouse in Rhode Island for prep school boys basketball. Me and coach Hart and I talk about his career, talk about players that he's coached, talked about family, how he got into coaching. This interview was a lot of fun. I know it's a little bit of a longer one but it was really just a really good time um really enjoyed our conversation and coach Hart seems like he just has a really good heart and you know cares about his players and his team and cares about the teams around Rhode Island and really gives a shout out to the IRL so this conversation was great I couldn't cut anything I was trying to find things to cut and (laughs) and he was joking like you're gonna cut this and I honestly couldn't find anything to cut I just a lot of the stuff the stories that I shared were too good to cut he talks about you know, being at five-star camps and seeing players like Tony Parker, it's just a cool, just a cool interview, um, just about his career, and we talked basketball, so a lot of fun just talking hoops, I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, just a lot of fun, but before we get into the interview, remember you guys can watch today's episode on YouTube by searching Rory Runback, remember that share, like, and subscribe button, and if you can't watch it, to stay tuned here on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on, just remember that share, like, and subscribe button. I appreciate you guys, and here is our interview with Coach Hart. All right, on today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. He is a Coach of the Year winner and a New England Basketball Hall of Famer. He is the head coach of St. Andrews. Coach Mike Hart. Coach, how are you today? Very good. Thanks for having me. Oh, Coach, I'm, I'm very lucky to have you on the show. I appreciate your time and everything like that. Uh, Coach, I want to know, I always ask all my guests this, how are you doing during these COVID times? I know we talked a little bit about, off air about it, but how are you doing during COVID? Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's not fun. It yeah. really isn't. Um, at first, I put a lot of weight on. Then I took a lot of weight off. And now I'm starting to put it back on again. Oh, jeez. Uh, which isn't good. That's personal. But more importantly, uh, I really feel for the kids uh, because, you know, last year, at the end of last year, we finished our season in the in NEPSAC, New England Prep League. We had lost in the semifinals, and I had a full year of film and recruiting, and plus the AU stuff the kids had gone through before they came to St. Andrews that year. So placement went into June with our six seniors at the time, um, and it was tricky, but we got it done. This year, the kids haven't played since March, AAU or, you know, high school, you know, prep school, St. Andrews. And it's been very difficult for seven kids we have here. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really nervous. So I am not happy with this whole COVID thing. And um, I hope it ends fast. You know, I, was, I hope so, too. I feel I feel for those kids. It's, it's tough. Those seven kids, they're trying to get placed. And, you know, you wish they had the gift of film. It's, it's really tough for them. Yeah, it's tough. 
we're lucky we have a huddle camera uh, and we stream it through, you know, to YouTube and right on to our Twitter. So, you know, there's availability there, but it's just, we got to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it clears up eventually. Yes. I, hope, I hope so. It'd be nice to have some normalcy as well too. Um, but coach, before we get into your career at St. Andrews, I want to know, how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Well, Dr. Naismith elbowed me. <laughs> said, what do you think of this? No. Um, I kind of, uh, a lot of people don't know, but I, I grew up on, I grew up in Providence on Vietnam. My father was a police officer in Providence. In the 73, 1972-73 range, he, uh, he took a job in Smithfield, which was extremely rural at the time. Um, you know, 295 wasn't even built. And uh, so we went from like, uh, you know, Providence to Smithfield and, and uh, a little different. You know, I was like a I don't know, third or fourth grade. I'm not trying to age myself. The reason I'm telling you this uh, is my dad decided to get with a group of parents and start the Smithfield Youth Basketball Association, oh, wow. SYBA. So my dad, his name's Jack Hart. He was the first president of Smithfield Youth Basketball. I'll never forget it. We showed up at Smithfield High School. There was 300 kids. He had four basketballs and five adults. Wow. Roughly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that league grew to upwards of 2,200 kids with practice times and all kinds of just an, an incredible um, – Incredible organization. I still believe it runs today. Now, my Smithfield ties have died down a little bit. My nieces and well, my niece and nephews are now in college and they've outgrown it. But upwards of about 10 years ago, I noticed uh, it was still highly organized. A lot of people, a lot of volunteers doing good things. And um, that ran concurrently with um, Smithfield. had two outstanding CYO programs, St. Phillips and St. Michael's in St. Michael's, we were the Esmond kids, and St. Phillips, they were the Greenville kids. And, and then we would combine and play at Smithfield Junior High School because, of course, it was 7th and 8th grade. It was junior high. It wasn't middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yeah. And it was funny because we hated each other, and there were fights in the cafeteria because of CYO basketball. <laughs> and, and, and I remember in 8th grade, we played St. Phillips in the state championship for CYO for Rhode Island, and of course we won. And then Smithfield, we combined and we won the, the Rhode Island State Middle uh, Junior High State Championship. We beat Davisville in the final, wow. which was which yeah, which is really interesting. We had a lot of talent in the town, and then the Hendrick and LaSalle's of the world would come in and take all the top players, you know, because the kids wanted to play Class A, including myself. Yeah, and then um, you know Smithfield was in Class C, you know, still we had a guy by the name of Benny Benoit, great coach, and. Um, you know, I was more of a football type guy then, and our football program at Smithfield was really strong. We were in Division One, and we would play the Hendrickens and LaSalle's and hold our own. So I stayed in, you know, because I wanted to play more football. Um, so that's kind of how it all started with me in basketball. Uh, we had three channels on TV back then. We had six, 10, and 12. If you got the rabbit ears the right way, <laughs> you could get 56. And channel 56, you could get um, uh, basketball games like Boston College, you know, because WBZ Boston, yeah, BU, uh, 
And then Channel 10, NBC would have the Saturday game of the week. No ESPN, none of that. So anything we saw, you know, because back then America was more of a baseball country, believe it or not. Yeah. Then kind of football, then kind of basketball. Um, it, anything you could watch college-wise was huge. And then we all went to Providence College basketball, camp together with Coach Gavitt, uh, who became, um, you know, uh, uh, an idol for all of us. You know, he had the Olympic team in 1980 practicing. Isaiah Thomas was my coach. Wow. That week. Yeah, they never went to Russia, uh, but they practiced at Providence the whole summer. And uh, it was exciting. It was really exciting for a kid growing up um, in Rhode Island. And we didn't have the AAU options the kids have today. And uh, no ESPN, no Dickie V yelling around. It's awesome, baby. We didn't have any of that. Uh, so you kind of you develop. You didn't get oversaturated with basketball, so you kind of you kind of really enjoyed it. And I, I like to. My junior high coach was very influential. His name was George Mello, and um, he really did a heck of a job with us. We were kind of we were all good kids, but we kind of we were a little wild. And he kept us all in line and kept us all focused taught us a lot about life and at an early age, you know, seventh, eighth grade, that's where kids really need to hear the truth. And he did that. And I'll, and uh, still to this day, every now and then I'll bump into him. He actually lives in East Providence and he'll come to a game or two. And he, he looks better than I do, by the way. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, he's a big influence, you know, and also, you know, my dad, obviously, you know, uh, he didn't, he, you know, he was uh, stern, but, but good, you know, with us, you know, my, my brothers and sisters and, um, you know, then I had CYR coaching Leo Bada, who was tremendous, X's and O's. He was really good. So I got lucky. You know, I mentioned my husband coach, Benny Benoit at Smithfield. I got really lucky growing up to be surrounded by such great coaching. And, um, you know, I, I, a lot of stuff I learned at those days I use currently with, with my own guys. Wow, that's that's awesome. And that's awesome that you, you were lucky. You were so surrounded by such great coaches and people to guide you. And we were ball players when we grew up. We played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, I didn't really like baseball, by the way. <laughs> my friends wanted me to play, so I played. And then I ran track in high school. I also had a great high school football coach named Jim Dunn, who was a um, you know basketball official, too, in Rhode Island. And um, I am one in six lifetime with him refereeing St. Andrews games. Really? <laughs> Then I think the biggest influence I had, the guy still around over 50 years at Smithfield, Tony Terragrosa was the athletic director and my freshman football coach. And, uh, you know, uh, I can't tell you how much he means to me and, and what he taught me out of anybody that I, 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 you know, he really taught me a lot. He was my freshman football coach. You know, I mentioned, and uh, I made a bad play. We played West Warwick in the freshman state championship. And I, I blew the game. I blew the game. And I could hear heart. I could hear him yelling from the sideline. Heart. <laughs> and uh, we had one of those squirt things with water. So you, yeah. it and you squirted it out. And I was walking off and, and here comes water at me. And I'm thinking I'm getting, I'm getting crushed now. And I should. Yeah. You know, like 30 seconds left. I fumbled. Oh. And he just laughed. We just laughed together. Give me a big oh. dog. He said, there'll be other games. And that meant a lot to me. You know, that meant a lot to me. And, uh, and he's still there. He's still at Smithfield. Like, really? He just got elected to the school committee. You know? <laughs> he's been there like seventy years. But anyway, I'm talking too much. No, so you're anytime. It's no. anytime. Right? This is, this is great. I love it. I think this is awesome. I think it's cool to hear all the stories. It's that's 
it's so cool. Like, and they hear you like that you fumble that, like, you know, I fumbled with 30 seconds left of the game and you still had a coach that just picked you right back, picked you right up. He could have, yeah. could have been yelled at, screamed at for doing it. And he just picked you right up. And that, I think that's, that's awesome. And it sounds like you still have mostly like the connections and can't let that guy wrap any more of your games though. Right. <laughs> no, well, he retired. Coach Dunn retired about five or six years ago, I think, from reffing. He's down in Florida now. Oh, nice. Lucky yeah. him. <laughs> a lot of, you know what it was? When we grew up, too, we played outside. And we played everywhere. It, you know, uh, we had guys, when I was a freshman, I had a buddy who was 16. He, he stayed back in elementary school, but he was 16. And he had his license. And he had a car. And we went everywhere. We went down you know, Smith Street and played outdoors. We went down to Buckland Park. We went to John Street, Pawtucket. We we went down to Westerly and like Boone Street and Narragansett too. Yeah. Drove down, there's some outdoor courts in Westerly over near the high school back in the day. Yeah. Like uh, Cranston, Doric Ave. We played everywhere outside and you got to know people. Yeah. You got to know people. Like a lot of the coaches, like you know, I saw Tommy Campbell from Coventry you know, we basically grew up there. Mike Reed's like one of my best friends. He's the coach at Central. I mean, I met Mike when I was like 10 or 11 years old playing outside. Yeah. And, um, and and that's like, that's really where you learn how to play. Jamie Benton used to kick my butt on the court. <laughs> and it's great. Now he recruits our guys. You know, he's the coach at Johnson Wales. Wow. So, it, yeah. So it's just, you know, back in that, that 80s, 70s, 80s crowd, we're all, we all competed hard against each other. And, uh, and, 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 um, you know, like Tony Fiore's daughters come to St. Andrews. I mean, he was like, God, he was like a senior all state, like three times at Hendrickson yeah. played at Stonehill, you know, like it's just, you know, Tommy, I, I coached Tommy Garrick's kid and Bonzi Colson's kid. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time. And those guys played at URI and we used to hang out when I was at CCRI and, you know, so it's, it's a big, big, Rowland's got a nice family. Yeah. You know, and it still continues to today. Um, you know, I picked up, I, I sent out 37 emails to interscholastic coaches and I got guys answering back right away because we need games. And I, I think, I think the world of those, these guys to, to be able to do that and just let me know, Hey Mike, we might be able to do it. I'll get back to you. We can't do it. We're full. We don't know what we're doing. You know, and, and I think that Rhode Island has been very underrated with the community, the basketball community. And we got a good thing going on. Yeah, I think so too. I, I totally agree. It's it's crazy for, I think just being in such a small state, I think we're all, I think it has a benefit that we're all like really connected. And like, like you said, we all, like you play against guys and now you're friends with them, they coach or they're athletic directors or anything. It, it's just funny. I, and I'm starting to get introduced to that bas that coaching community around here, the basketball community more um, after just being out of it for so many years. And it, it's awesome. I think you, everyone's so close and guys exchange ideas with each other and, I just, I think I love it. I don't think I've really ever seen that in any of the places I've ever, you know, either coached at or been at. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, like Jimmy Saris and I knew each other in high school. We had a mutual friend. Jimmy's yeah. a year older than me. Man, I just love talking to Jimmy. And I don't really talk to him too much because, you know, he's he's kind of in between what he wants to do. You know, he raised a family and stuff and he's itching to get back in and he should because he's unbelievably talented. And, uh, but just to, you know, it, just the, the conversations you have, you know, and, yeah. and um, the, the stuff that you pick up all the time from somebody, you know, Joey Bennett, uh, he gave me my first coaching job at Smithfield. He was older than I was. Uh, I played with his brother, Bill, 
And, um, you know, Billy was the head coach at the time. I got out of college in 1988. Uh, you know, I played at CCRI and then Maine, and I know we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, those guys, uh, you know, I'm hanging out down the courts in Smithfield. Hey, you want to get into coaching? Yeah, sure. You know, like, like things like that, you, you kind of don't realize years later what it's going to do for you, you know, and, and, and um, it's really interesting how lucky, lucky we all were, um, you know, back in the seventies, eighties and nineties, we were really lucky. And a lot of the guys, the kids are wreaking, you know, they're, they're wreaking the benefits from that group of people nowadays. Yeah. Really yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. And it just, it's awesome that like such a co- close knit and it's also, you know, coach Sayers, he's such a, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. He always, he texts me all the time. Coach Sayers, he loves, he loves to hop on. Like he loves to like to talk about, talk to coaches and always help give advice when he can give yeah. advice. He's, he's a great guy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's, he's great, but you know, and you touched upon, you know, you're playing at university of Maine for Kent. Like how did you end up there? So after high school, once again, we didn't have AAU. So the exposure for Rhode Island kid was very difficult. And um, I was kind of a bubble kid. If I'm coaching Mike Hart right now, because of work ethic and toughness, I'm not going to lie to you, Jeff, I was tough. Uh, because of work ethic and toughness, um, I was a bubble kid. You know, I was definitely a Division three kid, but I used to go up to Bryant and play with their guys and, and more than hold my own there. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, Bryant was Division two back then. Yeah. And um, so, you know, my grades were okay. I was kind of like a, I was in a tough class at Smithfield, but I was a C student, too social, hanging out. <laughs> you no, know, you're playing three sports, big man on campus. I was hanging out. So I was a C student, but I did take good, good tough classes. So my mother and father said, look, you got to go to CCRI. I said, you're right. So CCRI was recruit me a little bit. Coach Cullen, another legend, you know, in, with, with his assistant, Charlie Wilkes. I mean, Oh my God, you talk about pros. And um, so I get to CCRI, there's like 92 kids for trials, but I'm kind of one of the recruits. And I wanna, if I could teach the kids one thing, they ran us the first day of tryouts. And I'm not exaggerating, there was over 90 guys there. And then Charlie Wilkes checked grades and 40 to 50 guys the next day were gone, were gone. Just did not have grades. so then we got down to about 40 to 50. We ran for a couple of days. Some guys left because they weren't in shape. Got down to about 25 or 30. They were gonna, they were gonna keep 15 of us. And I know I had an inside track because I was recruited. Um, this is before the three-point line. So uh, so I made the team, but I was probably 13 or 14 out of 15 my freshman year. Wow. Most importantly, I met John O'Shea, who became a lifetime friend. And, um, you know, currently we've been coaching together here at St. Andrews for about 23 or 24 years and, uh, and a couple of other friends. So, uh, worked hard. We had super talented team. I got my butt kicked in practice every day. They were just guys. CCRI was loaded, you know, loaded. We had some guys go play division two and, you know, some, a couple of division one guys. And, uh, then my sophomore year, I, I worked my way in the rotation. I got hurt. I, I didn't play the, uh, I played like the first couple of weeks and I was out. Um, but Coach Cullen, uh, there was a little guy who came to practice one day. He looks like I do right now, short, chunky with glasses. And he came to practice. I remember he sat in the corner. And um, so Coach Cullen said uh, to John O'Shea and uh, a couple of the guys, named, one guy named Mike Owens, six, seven guy from Narragansett, good player. 
Uh, and another guy named Brett Hickox, about six fives from Coventry. So the th those two guys and John O'Shea went up for a visit to the University of Maine at Fort Kent. It was NEIA, which meant they could give out as much financial aid and scholarship money as they wanted. And uh, those three guys um, were offered scholarships and the coach said, hey, do you have anyone else in mind? And they, they mentioned me. The point, I didn't go with them. I never saw the place. And he said, I need, a, I need another point guard, fine. Coach Cullen helped me out and Coach Wilts. And the four of us went up there together. Wow. I went up sight unseen. So real quick, I know it's a long story, but so the first trip, I've, I've only been out of Rhode Island a couple of times. So we drive, we get to Portland, Maine. First of all, they get to my house at four in the morning and I'm on, we're all on scholarships. So I don't care. My parents are like, this is great. We're not paying for college. And four in the morning, these two pickup trucks show up. I throw all my gear in there. I jump in the bed in the back of the pickup truck and we're go we're going to Maine. We get to Portland, Maine around, I don't know, 630. And I think we're there. I start unloading the truck. And they're like, oh no, 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 no. Six hours. I said, yeah, right, right. And I thought they were joking. So then we drive to Bangor and I'm dying. Now I'm five hours from home. No cell phones. Yeah. We stop at this gas station. I get on a payphone. I'm like, Mom, I might just jump on a bus and come home. I'm like, this is five hours away. She's freaking out. You know, she's from Federal Hill, Italian, Italian lady. Never <laughs> left Federal Hill in her life. Well, no, moved to Smithfield. Yeah. You know? And uh, and uh, my father's like, oh, just shut up and you'll be fine. Yeah. Then we hit this road called Route 11. And it is dense wilderness like this all the way. And I'm bouncing around the back of the pickup truck and we get there and I meet this guy named Larry Murphy. And let me tell you, he changed my life. He did. And um, you know, I get a little emotional when I talk about Murph because he took four kids from Rhode Island and we were all great guys, but we kind of needed a little bit more focus. We had talent. He taught us how to work. He taught us how to prioritize, um, academics and athletics and he didn't let us cut corners and we were in a dorm room for the first time ever we were way away from home we had to rely on ourselves he was there as a safety net but it was time to grow up it really was and um nei back in those days you had castleton state franklin pierce nei was in between division one and division two the main state league had it was full, like Hudson and St. Joe's, full of Division One transfers. Jim wow. Calhoun takes the job at UConn. Three guys from UConn transfer to Hudson. So now you're playing three guys, two guys from Cleveland, a guy from Miami, Florida. Like, NEIA was legit. It was a big-time league. And Maine, Fort Kent, we were part of uh, uh, the NEIA New England Conference, and uh, they had gotten hammered. So Murph brought us in. Mike Owens' little brother, Scott, came. He was a 6'6 kid out of high school. So five guys from Rhode Island and these two other guys from out of state. We had 12. But we had a guy who was playing for the Puerto Rican Olympic team. He was a point guard. He used to destroy me in practice every day. And um, we, made the national, I mean, we, we made the New England tournament, and we lost in the championship game to go to the Nationals. And St. Joe's Maine went out, and their first game they played Dennis Rodman. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. How, how awesome is that? That's awesome. That's right? so cool. <laughs> yeah. And then my junior year, my last year there, um, I had learned how to work. 
I got into weight training and I, I ended up being a starter. I would play 38 to 40 minutes a game, uh, made all district. Uh, and we had an okay year. We, we barely got in. We got beat first round. But Husson won it that year, and they played Scottie Pippen out in the Nationals. So, <laughs> yeah, when you went out to Kansas City, it was no joke. You know, it was no joke. NEIA was legit. Now, it, all those teams are Division Three. Um, and, by the way, Castleton State was coached by uh, Stan Van Gundy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. That's... And, and, and what happened was Coach Murphy got me into coaching. He was the one who suggested I start um, – work in basketball camps and start coaching. And then, uh, you know, when I was, when I first gotten up there, assistant coach at Smithfield, his name was John Wignot. And he ended up coaching Barville. And I think he's still at, he might still be at Barville, by the way. I think he's, uh, he isn't a coach anymore. He's soccer basketball. He suggested I, his comment was, if you ever want to work, be a college basketball coach, you need to work at Providence College Basketball Camp. And I, I have an in, I might be able to get you to work. And this is going to lead into the coaching stuff. Jeff, yeah. so yeah, I get to. I'll never forget the day, and, and thank God we're all friendly now, so we joke about it. Um, when I do talk to, when I when I talk to this character uh, and, and his son, but anyway, <laughs> I show up at Province College Camp. I have my Rhode Island CCR reversible practice jersey on, and I walk in at five minutes past eight into Alumni Hall, and the, and there's three hundred campus on the ground sitting on the ground, one guy talking, a whole bunch of coaches there. The guy turns around and says, who are, I can't use the word, yeah. you. And I give it the old, hi, my car, I'm here to work here. And he says, get on the line. And I was 150 pounds then. And he ran me for a good five to eight, 10 minutes while I was telling the campers, you can never be late in life. This is garbage. This is inexcusable, right? That guy was Rick Patino. That's how I met Rick Patino. Oh my God. And the campus got dismissed. I'm sweating. And a guy comes up to me along here and says, Hi, my name's Herb Sendek. I'm a grad assistant here at Providence College. Uh, Coach Wignot says good things about you. Obviously, you know, you can't be late. And uh, here's your assignment for the week. Um, and, you know, if you need anything, let us know. So I met Herb Sendek right after I met Herb, uh, Rick Patino. Oh, and so I get through the day and the Friars, that was the Friar team that went to the final four. Yeah. They had nine guys playing. So some guy comes up to me and says, Hey, you played at CCRI. You must be decent. You want to play with us? I said, sure. He goes, we need a 10. And that's when all the kids would sit up in the stands and I love my hall. And Patino had at the canteen going. So they'd buy snacks and all that. Yeah. So I played and I did. Okay. I remember, I do remember I threw an alley-oop to, uh, uh, a kid, uh, uh, Shamsted Dean, and he actually like pointed to me. That's pretty good. And then that same kid said, Hey, Coach Patino gave us a day off. We're going to go to Bradley's Cafe. You want to go? I said, Sure. And I hung out with him that night. And that guy was Billy Donovan. <laughs> so one day I met Rick Patino, Herb Sendek, and Billy Donovan in one day. And once again, I'll get to the Van Gundys, two squirrely guys who didn't talk to anybody sitting in the corner writing everything down he said uh Stu jackson was there ralph willard like you're talking the future of college basketball was at that camp and i met everyone that day and at the end of the week i got a check now we 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 were there on a sunday and we were in until saturday and you worked 7 a.m to 11 p.m and i mean it was brutal 
and I got a check for $94 a week. Yeah. Now, fast forward to 2001. Now, Coach Patino had co you know recruited some of our guys, and I became friendly with them. In 2001, I went out to, you know, Kevin Willie goes, hey, you know, Mike, come work uh, Louisville camp. So I'm out at Louisville camp. And Coach Patino goes, hey, I want you to, um, can you take Richard? He's going to be a freshman at Providence on your staff. I don't, you know, I want him to learn the high school side. I said, sure, but he's going to be at the low end of the totem pole. He said, absolutely. You know, have him wash the uniforms, do all the grunt work, which we did. We, you know, we had Richie for two years at St. Andrews. Wow. He was a freshman, at, you know, he's a freshman sophomore. And he did, he did all that. He did all the grunt. He scouted, did all that stuff. And, um, but anyway, back at the camp, uh, you know, coach took us out for dinner and I told the story and he's heard it before. And uh, the other week he gave me a check for 95 bucks. <laughs> just hysterical. Like it just, those were the days. Now the NCAA doesn't let people work camps. All right. Well, they kind of do, but if you have a player, you can't. So, like, I know Coach Sara said in a few, uh, you know, an early episode, that's how you get into coaching. Yeah. You work the summer camps, you met people, you networked, you learned, you learned from the greats. And and these young guys, I feel for them because they don't have that opportunity. Yeah. It's tougher for them. And I, and I feel for them. But that's the whole, like, you know, my playing days um, were, were fun. I learned a lot. I get the most out of my ability. Uh, but Larry Murphy, my in, in Vin Cullen and Charlie Wilkes, those were the guys. Larry Murphy never had an assistant. He never had an assistant coach. What? Really? Blew my mind. All guys from all over the world never had an assistant coach, and it just you know all those guys, you know they were gold. You know I, I I'm a product of outstanding coaches. I, I got lucky. I got lucky, and um, and certain people at certain times in my life said things I needed to hear. And, you know, because I could have gone that other way. I kind of was at the top of the fence looking over. Yeah. Could, I could have. I could have. I could have. And these guys said, now do it this way. Stay on course. And, it, and, and knock on wood, it worked. It worked. That's awesome. I'm babbling again. You got to stop me, Jeff. No, this, Coach, I'm not going to stop you because these stories are awesome. Like, this is awesome. Like, you're, you're just like a great, I'm like, it's like, I'm just in awe. I'm like, listen to the story. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, I want to be like, it's like, like, I'm just like, I, I'm loving what I'm hearing. This is, so this is amazing. Like you've had an amazing career and everything that's led up to this. And like, that's crazy. You met Bettino, Donovan, Willard, all like, all like in one, one, <laughs> one day. And it's funny they worked and, back for him. And when coach went to Kentucky, I worked camp. Now Billy got the Marshall job. I worked camp there. Like I used to be on the road for 10 weeks of summer. Wow. I would come home to run my camp, you know. Uh, of course, I was single for all those years too. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how because I'm a good-looking guy, obviously. <laughs> but um, I would come home to work my camp, who's not camp, but I was doing Eastern Invitational camp, which was you know like five-star. You know, I was working all those college camps, you know, and I didn't have any players. It was just friendships that I had developed, and then Herb Sendek. Herb Sendek's dad grew up in Pittsburgh with Sonny Vaccaro. So Herb Sendek introduced me to Sonny Vaccaro, which got me into ABCD camp and Adidas. Wow. And that's where things really started taking off. Um, I also worked at Portsmouth Abbey. Talk about luck. Bob Hurley used to run his camps at Portsmouth Abbey School. And I got to know Coach Hurley, who was probably, in my opinion, the greatest basketball coach at any level of all time. And I'll fight anyone on that. And I have documented evidence to prove it. Uh, and once again, another, another mentor 
and you talk about learning, he talked me into staying at the high school level. And he said, listen, it's a lot of luck, but if you find the right school, you can make more of a difference with kids because the business side of basketball is away. It's pure and you can make more of a difference with kids. And I, wore, I worked three or four summers to coach early down at Portsmouth Abbey and then followed them up to the Poconos and East Invitational. And I learned a lot. He used to have Bobby, Danny, all those guys were there. He was, he was putting them through drills. And um, yeah, you know, you know, it's fun because Danny and Bobby come here to recruit and we just start talking about the old days. And it's all that, it's networking. It's yeah. networking. But ABCD, you know, that, that got me to another appreciation of uh of basketball because you know at that level and i know like like coach Cyrus mentioned five star and, and you know it was military based and abcd wasn't military based uh the kids had a kind of a nice setup you know with a luxury hotel and you know catered meals and but our skill sessions were tough we worked them and you know they had you know the sat prep they had the life skills training so the model worked the model really worked and it's kind of like what the USA basketball is doing now. And, um, you know, that's when I met people from all over the country. And then, you know, Sonny had the foreign kids coming in the, in the two thousands and I'll never forget. I was at an all-star meeting and everyone's going at it. The guys from LA arguing with the New York guys, they're arguing with the New Orleans guys. And I, you know, the guy from Newport Island <laughs> raised my hand and they go, uh, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, we already know Demetrius Nichols. I said, listen, the best player at camp is the kid from France. If you don't put him in the all-star game, shame on you. And that kid was Tony Parker. Oh my God. Did not make the all-star game. And I remember him because he had a French film crew follow him around. He absolutely destroyed everybody and should have made the game. And he did not because politics. Wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. But quite a time, you know, I, I worked uh, 12 years ABCD camp and I, and I, I did four, round ball classics which was like the mcdonald's game yeah. and um i got lucky i got lucky you know it was it was like the round ball classic i'm like i was an assistant coach we were there for a week in practice you know lebron's taking free throws and i'm rebounding you know i picked the ball up and right in front of me is like isaiah thomas kevin McHale, larry bird like it's all 80s pat riley you know because the high school kids can go to the nba yeah. so we're in practice with round ball classic and all these guys I like they're teasing me, hey, coach. You're really hustling today, and I'm saying to myself, "Holy cow, that's Bird, <laughs> Larry." You know, like so. And, and then you're like, "Hey, Demetrius, go sub in for LeBron." And you know, Dwight Howard had braces, and was like, "Yes, coach." You know, so you like develop relationships with kids in high school when they were they weren't as spoiled back then. And sometimes you get, you know, like. You know, I'll refer to Jimmy a lot because I, I think the world of Jimmy Cyrus and he knows what I'm talking about because he was at that national level. You know, they just, we didn't spoil those kids. Now they're, they're spoiled. Yeah. They're spoiled. They really are. And I, and I hate to say it, you know, like, like I, I won't look at kids who are on lists and it has nothing to do with the kids. It's just, I don't know if I can coach them and I don't know if I can coach their parents, but I'll get into that later. So we, we, these guys brought it every day. They were early. They brought it. They stayed late. And I appreciated that, you know, that's before like the big money came in and, you know, like I, I remember a kid named Gabe Pruitt, like yeah. everyone's like, well, who's this kid? Next thing you know, he's a first round draft choice. I had Leon Smith, 7-2. Oh my God. <laughs> Number 29 pick in the NBA draft in Dallas. He's the only kid I ever saw catch the ball in the elbow, drop, step and slam on somebody. No dribble. He's so long. 
like the list goes on and on. Like I said, I've been really, really lucky. And, um, you, you know, I, they did the, the Adidas game in Louisville one year, Freedom Hall, and you know, Michael Beasley, Nolan Smith uh, just killed us. I had this kid named, uh, who, who was the kid? Coach, I can't, I can't remember. Who's the big-time dunker? Uh, I was like, uh, big 6'9 kid. Ah, come on, Mike. Hold on a second. All right, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. My kids would kill me because I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> I got him right here in this program. Hold on a second. Uh, where is he? Where is DeAndre Jordan? What an oh, idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. yeah. DeAndre Jordan, nice kid, didn't say anything. Yeah. And he, um, he, uh, you know, kid from Houston, couldn't make free throws. Yeah. I say to myself, this kid's overrated, right? Because we had like, those, the All-Star games are great. You had three days of practice. It was great. You, you developed the relationship with the kids and, and their families and stuff. So then the lights went on and the 12,000 people showed up at Freedom Hall, 29 points and 26 rebounds later, you know. He was MVP of the game. Yeah, he uh, made every free throw. So you live and you learn. You know, you live and you learn. But I, I, I think that if you treat kids like kids and you don't have star rules, they're gonna get better. If, you know, because they have to work. If you if you let them cut corners and slack, yeah, they're not gonna get better. They're not gonna reach their potential. Yeah, you know? that's. But anyhow, I so so the word luck. I'll use the word luck a lot. You know, um, you know, as a player and as a coach, and I think basketball. Um, you know, the AAU had, you know, a lot of, a lot of high school guys will say, oh, the AAU. Yeah. Well, I've coached AAU. I've seen AAU. I've coached high school. I've seen high school. I've coached prep school. I've seen prep school. It's all the same. Yeah. You got good guys and you got some not so good guys. And, um, and I think that the summer definitely benefited not only me personally, but more importantly, St. Andrew's school and our kids. And uh, we were able to get into a group of, a pool of kids that we normally wouldn't get, you know, cause I wouldn't know about them. And, and, um, and then once again, you know, I, I see the whole, I see the parents, I see, you know, the AAU coach, I see the high school coach. So, you know, anyway, it, it, good times, good times. That's awesome. I I'm like, an, I'm like, I'm loving this. Uh, every story that you tell, I'm like in awe. This is just awesome to hear the stories that you're sharing. Like I'm sure the listeners are going to love it too. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. The experiences that you've had and the people you work with and being a part of all this stuff. And, you know, and it's funny to you, like this guy from Rhode Island just you know, <laughs> voted for, for Tony Parker. And just, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. It's just, I mean, he killed everybody. It was a shame. Why it was, didn't was it just because of like he, he was wasn't going to college, so he wasn't recruited. Okay. And he was a foreign kid. And you know, everyone's playing politics, trying to get that kid in the all-star game to help their recruiting and to help their AU team. And everyone forgot about this guy. That's <laughs> you know? Yeah. Crazy. That's wild. You know? And I, you know, I, I would only bring Rhode Island kids who could play at that camp and it, 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 you know, a lot of the people didn't respect Rhode Island. They were like, Oh, you guys are what? 60 miles by 60. And let's be honest. We're more of a hockey state, especially back then. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first non St. Andrews kid I brought to ABCD was Rob Griffin, Robert Griffin from St. Ray Fields in 1998. Uh, he was Gatorade player of the year that year. And we had the, we had Tony Roberts at the time. And he, um, he, he was terrific. 
he had a great week at camp. And, and he helped me bring other kids who weren't part of our program there. That's and, awesome. um, you know, you know, Joey Missoula. Yep. They're like, well, who's this Missoula kid? <laughs> well, he leads the camp in free throw percentage. And like West Virginia ends up offering him at the end of the week. That's crazy. Like, like you gotta be kidding me. Like he can't play. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it just, you know, we, we still had our Kim Sanders and, and Tony and Demetrius Nichols and Abby Ladonde and, I still got my allotment of guys, but my guys made all-star games without me politicking. Yeah. Jonathan Colley gets there. He already verbal the Providence. Next day, I know Lou Olson's calling me and saying, hey, can can we get him? And I said, no. At St. Andrews, you make a commitment. You know, you're true to your word, and that's it. And it was the right choice because John had a great career for Timmy Walsh at, at Providence. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, that, that level camp really, really opened my eyes up a little bit and, uh, but kids are kids and treat them all the same. Do not have star rules. Yeah. Treat them all the same. And Bob Hurley taught me that. Bob Hurley. Um, so, you know, you live and you learn. What was the, now you mentioned, I think, A, one, I want to touch upon this too. Uh, great. I think it's amazing that you advocated for kids that who didn't play for your school and brought them to ABCD camps because you thought they were ready and they could make it to the next level and uh, stuff. And I think that's awesome. I, that just, you know talent and it's great and i think that's great for rhode island for the kids period and two what was the document that you had of bob hurley that you you know that he's the best coach okay so if you spend time around him yeah and you see his tough love but yet not so tough love and you know where the kids come from okay like um a lot of them came from difficult backgrounds let's say all right mm -hmm what he does and how he motivates kids or how he motivates, first of all, he should, he's, he still should be coaching. It's a crime that he's not coaching, but seeing anything's closed. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's in great shape. He's, you know, um, he thinks the game better than anyone. I'm talking He'll have everything figured out down to the second, but yet he's able to adapt. He's able to adapt. Okay. And if you ever hear him speak, you can hear a pin drop yet. He stays all day and all night and answers questions. The only other speaker better than him I've ever heard is Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown was just amazing. Like three and a half, four hours, you know, but as far as X's and O's in life, Bob Hurley's right there. The guy won a million games. He won a ton. Of, you know how tough that league is? Yeah, it's tough New league. Jersey? Yeah. Oh, my God. And Tim Thomas was probably one of the best high school basketball players I've ever seen in my life. He was as good as LeBron or just maybe a shade on the LeBron. And I watched St. Anthony's hold him to five points. Wow. And that was Bob Hurley. That was Bob Hurley. Um <laughs> And if you talk to anybody who's played for him or been around him, they'll all tell you the same thing. You talk to college coaches, all right? Coach K, other guys, talk to him. A St. Anthony's kid is going to come in, not only start, but he's going to know how to be a college kid. He's going to be a leader. Like, just amazing the way that he got these kids to play. 
And if you factor all those factors, you know, all those factors, kids from that area, right? From that area. Yeah. You know, I got dorms. Come on. Oak Hill, Steve Smith, awesome. Another good one. He's got dorms. You know, um, you know, another one's Morgan Wooten, who I spent time with. Unbelievable. He was just like Coach Hurley. He had kids in the area. When I see that happen and the results they get, I think those guys are a little higher than your guy who has the gym, the dorm, the financial aid, you know, all that stuff. I think those guys are a little higher level, you know, and Morgan Wooten and, 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 and Bob Hurley, they can, they could do any level and get the respect. They would have got the respect from the college kids. They're going to respect from the NBA guys. And they both would have adapted their styles. You know, like coach beeline didn't make it the NBA it was sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure what happened there. I don't follow the NBA right now as much, you know, obviously Michael Cotolini's plays. I watch him. Yeah. When Bonzi was playing, I was watching him, but, um, and there's a bunch of net sack kids. I try to watch, but I don't follow it as I, I, I could. Um, but when you see a college guy not make it in the NBA, it's because of, usually it's because it's just a different style. It's a different style. And, um, USA basketball should have just hired Bob Hurley and make them the permanent USA basketball coach. Cause he's, he's that I've, I'm telling you, I've, I've been around, I've been lucky been around a lot of great coaches, coach Patino, you know, Brad Stevens. I met Brad Stevens when he was a grad assistant at Butler. Oh, wow. He picked me up at the airport. <laughs> That's fine. You know, like when Herb Sendek was the Miami, Ohio coach, I worked camp. I was at the days in Miami, Ohio in Oxford, Ohio for the week. My, my roommates for the week, was Sean Miller and Thad Mata. And Sean Miller was making 16,000 and Thad was making 12. And I was buying dinner because I was making 20. And I was <laughs> buying dinner at night. Like, like so, um, you know, Thad Mata and I are lifetime friends. We talk every month, we're, we're very close. And when Brad, he, you know, he tells me, hey, I get this guy who left the computer world. He's like 24, he's brilliant. He's, he's going to be my new grad assistant at Butler. Oh, he's going to pick up me at the airport. Uh, great guy. Um, you might have to stay at his place because it's a day camp and you can't, you can't stay in the dorms and my in-laws are in town. <laughs> so I stayed with Brad like a day or two and I got to know him really well. And, and just a worker, just a, you knew the guy was going to be great, but I said this to him. He dropped me off at the airport and I looked at Brad Stevens and I said, Hey kid, I was 33 at the time, 34. I said, Hey kid, you're never going to make any money in coaching. You might want to go back to that computer job. <laughs> oh. And then he got lucky. He got lucky. He'll tell you. Yeah. Someone got fired at Butler. He was out of coaching because dad took the Xavier job and Todd Licklider took the Butler job and someone got fired on his staff and he kept Brad. And the rest is history. That's true. So once again, the word lucky comes into play here a lot. That's awesome. A lot of guys. There's guys coach in Division Three that are like big time coaches. You never find out. Like there's guys coaching high school, big time. Never took the chance. Uh, you know, didn't have the opportunity. You know, wanted to help kids a little more. College, it's too much business. Yeah. You got to win to keep your job. You kind of have to cut corners with the behavior and the and all that and ah forget it <laughs> forget it yeah yeah that's awesome they met brad and now i know now look at brad now after you made that comment <laughs> i go up every year it's great <laughs> um, it takes awesome. time he's the same guy 
Yeah. You know, he'll 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 do some X's and O's. He'll, he he breaks things down. He's he's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life. He's amazing. He's a, so is Herb Sendek. Herb Sendek's a Carnegie Mellon graduate. Wow. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. That's crazy. <laughs> but anyhow. But I want to get into also as well because what led you to take the St. Andrews job in Barrington? All right, yeah. That that's I was hoping we could talk about uh, the kids a little bit more. Yeah. Know, I babbled forever. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and please feel free to cut anything you want with me talking about. I don't know if I want to cut anything. It's so good. <laughs> well, that's Smithfield. I was at Smithfield from 1988 to 1994, mm-hmm. roughly six years. I coached football and basketball. Coached football from 88 to 92, and I coached basketball from, I think, 90 to 94. We won a state championship. We lost in the buzzer in another one. Um, it was one – I needed head coaching. Like Herb and Thad and Sean Miller, those guys would tell me, hey, you got to get a head coaching job. It doesn't matter how good the team is. Just get it on your resume. Herb, Herb and I talked about college. You know, it didn't pay a lot because uh, they had the restricted earnings position back then. That that paid the $12,000. And I was like, well, my credit cards are like twenty five. I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. So my neighbor came up to me and said, hey, I work at St. Andrews. I was teaching at Bradley Hospital at the time. I'm a special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, my neighbor said, hey, we got a job open at at St. Andrews, we need a basketball coach next year. Are you interested? And I was like, well, they're kind of down. They haven't, they didn't win any games this year. Uh, but in the past, they've had some players there. They're not bad. So I figured, you know, I'll maybe I'll, I'll try it if I get lucky. Um, Bob Hurley at the time, Mike, take a job at a private school where we can get players. Run a camp, make sure that the school gets the majority of the money, and they'll help you with financial aid. Bingo. Took St. Andrews. They were 0-22. My comment was, we will not be 0-22 next year. I was right. We were 1-21. <laughs> and I had camp. And I had 60 kids at camp. And the school made some money. And they were happy. I was happy. More importantly, that team of 12 kids gave me every ounce of energy they had. And I'll always appreciate those guys. None of them would have made a varsity team in the state of Rhode Island anywhere. But you know what? They gave me everything they had. Smithfield invited me to the Smithfield Holiday Classic. I went up there and got crushed. Not by Smithfield, by North Smithfield and a couple other teams. Yeah. And my mother and father were there, my, my family, and everyone was like, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And then the second year, we got a little better. We had a couple of kids come into school. We got a little better. We were... Seven and 15, I kind of learned how to schedule differently. Mm. And then a guy by the name of John Martin walked in in 1996 and just changed the school forever. John came up to me and said, you're the basketball coach. Uh, I want to change the culture of the school. We're kind of down right now. Uh, we need some energy. Um, and uh, he goes, uh, you know, kids aren't going to get in here free. They got Everyone pays to come to school, but we'll meet financial aid need. But everyone pays. I said, fine. And you got to hold kids accountable. I don't want you to cut any cards. So listen, I've learned from Coach Hurley. And if you give me a chance, I think you'll like the results. And I knew a kid down the street in East Providence named Tony Robertson. I knew he needed a school. And without Tony, we don't exist today. Tony took it. We took a chance on Tony. And Tony took a chance on St. Andrews. We were a much different place. 
we had some kids that uh, great kids uh, socially weren't all there, you know, like with your, with your, you know, they had some difficulties and Tony came from being, you know, um, highly known and, you know, basically celebrity status came to the school and treated everyone with respect. And some kids might've come in and said, Oh, I'm better than you. I'm better than this. Tony treated everyone with respect. He did art. He did theater. Actually, really good theater, by the way. Three years of theater. He's in plays and everything. Huh? And um, turned his life around at St. Andrews. He really did. Now, we had some frank conversations along the way. Yeah. Tony's sophomore year, and this is no exaggeration, he averaged 35.5 points a game. On a Friday night in New London, Connecticut, he had 57 against Williams School. On Saturday at two o'clock, and we lost that game, by the way. Yeah. On Saturday at two o'clock, right here at St. Andrews, he had 52 against Rocky Hill School, and we won. Wow. So less than 24 hours, he scored 109 points. And I gotta admit, he did not take a bad shot. He made everything. Wow! Like he had one game, he had both games. He had nine threes, dunks, all kinds of stuff. I had this kid who was a wide body. And couldn't make a layup, but he could scream. <laughs> so he would knock one of the guys, one of the two guys covering Tony, he would knock him off. When Tony went one-on-one, -on -one, he would, Tony would take anybody to the basket. Still to this day, if not the greatest high school player in the history of the state of Rhode Island, one of them. That's awesome. You know, and, um, and then John Martin was impressed with Tony's, what he did here as a kid. Next, the next year, Tony's senior year, we, we brought in some guys. We brought in Joshua Odabella, um, outstanding six foot eight guy from Mount Pleasant and um, Tony's junior year. Uh, and then the little two little guys, bookends, Gontawan Gay from Central, ended up playing at, at, at um, Bryant, started at Bryant for four years, and a kid named Eric Mack from Fall River who um, wasn't even playing at Durfee. I was like, well, wow, this, this kid's really good. Came in, and next thing you know, you know, I have him for three years and Gowdy for three years, Josh and Tony for two. Um, Eric ended up going to Tufts. Talk about changing your life. Yeah. And then went to Tulane Law School, and now he's one of the most successful lawyers in the state of uh, state of Rhode Island. Wow. Great guys on our board. You know, he's a great guy. And Gontawan is out in Phoenix, Arizona. He works for American Express. He's an executive for American Express. You know, Tony's uh, currently still working for the state of Rhode Island. Joshua Odabella teaches at Ocean Tide School and works with the Province Rec Department, two full-time jobs. Wow. So these guys were, these guys, and they just played so well together. And we brought in other guys around them. And it was nice. We played Rhode Island teams. Us and St. Ray's had those memorable games in the late 90s at Rick, where we sold it out, 4,000 people. You know, Hedrick and Steve Cesaretti, you talk about a great coach. You know, Tom Sorrentine, <laughs> talking legends. Yeah. That do I learn from? who I learned from. And they had talent, late 90s, loaded in the state of Rhode Island, Division One kids. And I think that was the, 99 might have been the first year, you know, TJ Sorrentine came out, came out of the woodworks. Yeah. Came out of DJ Murner from Hendrickson. 99, if you look at the All-State, I think it was the first time all the kids were Division One players. Wow. And that kind of demystified Rhode Island. People could come here and recruit kids. And that's the, Number one thing I'm most proud of in my all my time at St. Andrews is the fact that college coaches can
can come to Rhode Island and recruit kids. And I always wanted to help Rhode Island kids, not only here at St. Andrews, but throughout the state because I was a Rhode Island kid. And I felt that we had a lot of great plays in the 80s that got overlooked and in the, in the early 90s. So great days, great days. You know, we won a couple of New England championships. Winning's fun, but getting the kids in college is the top priority. And those guys all went to, you know, just, you know, they all come back. It's a family atmosphere. But we were able to cement that. They're the, they are the foundation of what you see today at St. Andrews. Um, those four guys. We had a kid from Germany named Martin Zimmerman. He was here for a year. He's another guy who, who really, and I know I'm, I'm, uh, we had a kid named Marcos Figueredo who was, who was here for four years. He's from New York. He's another foundation guy. Um, you know, shot like this. Couldn't miss. <laughs> Everyone was watching Tony. Marcos hit out in the corner. Boom. You know, so, you know, scored a thousand points, played at JNW. And uh, so that was the foundational years, those, those mid to late 90s. That led us to where we are now. That's awesome. And how is it like you, you coach these young men and like, and how do you like, you know, you prep these guys for the next level. You have like, you had Michael Carter Williams and you had Tony Robinson. Like, how do you get these guys ready for like the next level and life too as well? They've kind of all handed things off to each other. Mm -hmm. So for example, Tony's a senior, Demetrius Nichols comes in for a visit mm -hmm. and spends the weekend and, and hangs out with the guys and understands what, and then Tony, Tony was like, you know, top 30 player. He was McDonald's game, but he was a fifth year senior. So he didn't, he didn't get in the game playing the round ball classic. Mm. Uh, and um, so Demetrius Nichols wanted to be Tony Robertson. So then Demetrius Nichols last year, where Kim Sanders comes in for a visit. Kim Sanders is like, I want to be Demetrius Nichols. You know, where Kim Sanders ends up, you know, handing it off, you know, to Michael Carter Williams, who hands it off to Bonzi. You know, so, you know, who hands it off to Cole Schweider. Like, so we had a whole bunch of that. But then we had a lot of really good, solid Division two and three kids who are the nuts and bolts of your program. So we always had the Division one recruiting is easy. Those guys are going to get seen. They're going to get offers. You know, like Bonzi prolonged his recruiting just so college coaches could get in the gym. He wanted to go to Notre Dame as a junior. And I was like, Bonds, just commit. Nope. Henry Bolton needs more looks. You know, uh, John Geary needs more looks. I want coaches in the gym. And God bless him. He didn't have to do that. Uh, what did he so, so we've created a family-like atmosphere that I learned from Bob Hurley and O'Kill and Damatha and Steve Cesaretti and Hendrickson, you know, and, you know, who he passed it on to Jamal, who's one of the best. You know, like I work camp with Jamal and for Jamal in the summer. Talk about, you know, learning things at, you know, St. Ray's with SAR. So we've, we've been able to, the prep schools, the knock on the prep schools is people come, use your school and leave. Yeah. You know, where these other schools who have these Austin Smithfield, big family atmosphere, North Kingston, you know, public schools. Yeah. And that's what I wanted here. And we got it. You know, we have like 80 guys come back for alumni games and awesome. you know, always talking to guys about, you know, they know I'm their coach forever. And some of them, knock on wood, you know, they've made a mistake or two and they can come back and then we get them back on track, you know, and um, I want them to feel that way. If they don't feel that way, they need to give me a call and let's talk about it because that, that, that's really, I think any coach who, who is doing a high school at the high school level is here 
to teach life skills first. I'd be shocked if they said, no, I want to win games. Yeah. And I think that we've done a great job doing that. And, um, and you know, they, we're not perfect. Some of our guys, you know, we've lost a couple guys for behavior in the past. Not a lot, but a couple. And, um, you know, later on in life, they'd come back. Hey, coach, I'm doing this. I go, great. You're always welcome. Come in. You, you are always welcome here. And, um, you know, I just think that if you, if you, if you hold everyone accountable and, and you don't have style rules, you're going to get those results. Um, and we've had talent. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've had talent, but we've worked it. We've worked yeah. it. I'm on the road. I'm on the phone. I'm answering emails. I got 38 kids into admissions right now. 38. And it's, it's only January. That's crazy. Next year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I know there's going to be another whole bunch of kids who want to apply because the NCAA is putting the pinch on this senior class and kids are going to need a postgrad yet. So, yeah. You know. That's awesome, Coach. I mean, I love that. I love that. What the, the atmosphere you create now is that atmosphere, the family atmosphere, and everything that you mentioned is that part of your coach philosophy as well, too. Like, you know, preparing the kids for life and the family atmosphere is that part of your coaching philosophy? Yeah, we, we just have we have one overall rule please don't do anything that will embarrass your family, your friends, or the school. That's our number one rule. Um, and then we hold guys accountable. If you're late, Come on. Yeah. Why are you late? Yeah. Yeah. What do you no, I want to, I want to say, Hey, listen, you can't be late. <laughs> the next time it's like, all right, you're late again. I got to sit you out a little bit. Yeah. If you're late a third time and there's no logical excuse. We're going to have to talk. We're going to have to talk about you being on the team. Now, granted, I've never got there. I've never got there. And, and uh, I like that. Jeff, I'm going to be honest with you too. At the same time, when we look at kids, we look at the whole kid. Yeah. And I want to say this, and I think it needs to be said, and I don't mind if people get upset with me, that's fine, because I'm a parent. You know, I got married about eight, seven, eight years ago. I picked up three boys in, in the transaction, <laughs> as I tell my wife. And all three, one of them is a sophomore here, Liam. Uh, he just made our varsity team. And my other two sons, Javen and, and Mark, very good basketball players. Mark was a tremendous athlete. Jabin, tremendous basketball player. Okay. Jabin was a um, 1,500-point scorer, uh, all New England, Class C, all New England, and plays at the University of New England right now. Very good. Very good player. Was all state in Rhode Island prep and uh, never played for me. And Mark, the same thing, never played for me. And the reason being was I couldn't be the parent and the coach and my wife my wife could not be married to the coach because I'm lucky at St. Andrews. We have, we have the regular setup, JV and varsity, but then the prep team's different. That's college basketball. Yeah. And Jabin, you know, Mark knew it. He's a good high school player. He was not going to play college. He was thrilled. He's on varsity. He was all league. He had a great career too. Yeah. But he was a really good, awesome runner like he was all new england and running and then he, he made all state lacrosse so just one of those one of the best athletes we've had at st andrews javen was outstanding great player but i had a kid going to syracuse a kid going to bryant another kid who was a top 50 junior all at the point guard position so is my kid going to be the fourth string point guard on my team and have a miserable experience 
more importantly, I got to go back every night and see my wife. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or can he play on the varsity for an outstanding coach named Mike Haggerty, who played for us, and now he does our varsity team, become a great player. Jabin Senior, three guys went and played Division Three, and they're still playing. Wow. And they won uh, They won the league, and they lost to St. Thomas More in the final in New England for Class C. And, I mean, you're talking like high-level basketball. And he had a much better experience. He got more looks on that team than he would have on my team from college coaches. Yeah. And that's the goal. Goal number one is exposure with my team, the prep team. And that's why we recruit kids. So I'm looking at the parents. I'm watching parents in stands. Am I going to be able to talk to them? If their kid's not getting the playing time they want, can they still have a conversation with me? You know, and, and you know, can they remember the goal is college? You know, that that's the thing. Two hours a day, I'm trying to win a game. I will admit that for two hours a day. But <clears throat> they got to understand the big picture. I had some guys not get a lot of time, and they, they've had great Division three careers. Now, granted, they're at low-level Division three schools, but they still have had great Division three careers. And so it's got to be the whole thing. And you can't have – I got to be able to qualify you. Yeah. I'm not going to take a kid with C's, D's, and F's. If I can't qualify, I'm not going to – just because you can play basketball, we're not going to take you here. Yeah. We've said no. We've said no to a whole bunch of guys in the NBA. <laughs> I could go into that file cabinet behind me, and I still got – I still got some transcripts from the early 2000s that will blow your mind. You know, but obviously, legally, I can't show them to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and um, <laughs> But we've seen there's some kids – you know, it, and they just weren't good fits. You know, they, they weren't good fits here. Um, and um, so we, we kind of look, you know, the philosophy leads into the kids we bring into the school. And, um, you know, the last couple of years, we've, we haven't had too many rallying kids, and it's kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, Ray Cross, a former player of mine, who played at Providence, is our admissions guy. And it's not – we're not doing it on purpose. It just hasn't worked out. Yeah. You know, has we've had you know maybe one or two Rhode Island kids um, each year. You, I used to have five or six. Wow. Um, I will say this. In 2012, we decided to go with post grads. I was worried that we could lose that family atmosphere. Post grads tend to be out of state kids who live in the dorms. Yeah. Um, like a Rhode Island kid really shouldn't come here, um, unless. You know, they want to, you know, we'll give them the dorm experience because postgrads need to be, they need that dorm experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, they need that kind of like Terrell Brown graduated from St. Andrews. He needed to leave us and go to Tilton to get in the dorm. And it worked for him. Now he's at the Stanton Center at Pittsburgh. You know, he's a senior now there. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's hard to put a Rhode Island kid in the dorms when I have, I have another kid like from a different part of the world or country that, that we could put in there and, so the postgrads, to my surprise, have actually added to the family atmosphere. And they've been very involved in the school and have really enjoyed their year here with us. And um, we needed it because the league that we play in is just outstanding. It's just such a great league. Um, hey, Mets got right. You guys, are and they're all older. <laughs> they're older guys. Yeah. So we, the older guys win. I don't care what he says. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. Kentucky's what four and eight right now. Yeah, I know. Tough, tough year for them. Tough year. Older guys win. Yeah. They That's life. <laughs> Except in the looks department. Yeah. <laughs> the young guys like you win. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh <my> God. <laughs>
Coach, I want to know, I have a few more questions and we'll wrap up. This has been awesome. Sure. Um, what, you know, what kind of honor has it been for you to be named in the Hall of Fame and then winning Coach of the Year, I like, think in the same year as well as that. And then also, did you get inducted in the Hall of Fame with Tony Robinson too at the same time and uh, John? Yeah, that, that was the most special thing. It, it, if, if anyone, if anyone, um, if you talk to anybody who's really known me for a long time, I tend not to talk about, I mean, I talk more about Mike Hart today than I think I ever have in a long, long time. And I'm kind of embarrassed to be honest with you, but you um, this is awesome. Like, yeah, like, like this. This I just, uh, all the accolades, I just, I go, I go back to it. Every coach says the same thing. And I'm, I'm it's, it's, it, I know it's a standard line, but it's, the, it's, the, it's the absolute truth. It's the absolute truth, especially at the high school level. Coaches aren't doing this for the money. They're not. Okay. And um, I've had some unbelievable assistant coaches. I really have. Um, but John O'Shea's special. Like John and I, you know, we're boys. And that should never, it never works. Yeah. It never works. You know, you're talking 30 something years here. And the story is correct. He walked up to me at CCRI tryouts and said, hi, I'm John O'Shea. You must have heard about me. <laughs> that is a correct story. Now, those viewers who don't know Coach O'Shea, he's six foot nine, redhead Irish guy, and he was a hell of a player. He was a tremendous player. He did not like eating correctly and lifting weights, which probably cost him a Division I scholarship. <laughs> but back our junior year, 86, the three-point line came in. And here's a six eight, six nine guy shooting threes. And I was like, what are you doing? Get inside. Yeah. You know? But anyway, so we've been together for a long, long time and we complement each other. That's the key word. And do we agree every day? Absolutely not. Especially with politics, which I will not discuss. Oh, I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to. Yeah. I, took a, I, I took an oath. <laughs> Teachers are not allowed to talk politics with their kids. <laughs> I want to let you know that. And a lot, of, a lot of teachers are breaking the rules. I took yeah. an oath in 1988, the national teacher exam. You have to take an oath. You will be neutral. Let the kids make up their minds. Yeah. But anyway, so John and I have some really good discussions. And the bus rides are what probably is the most special times for the two of us because we really get to know the kids. And, um, and John loves his music. You know, next thing you know, we're listening to Johnny Cash on the bus. He brings this boombox speaker thing. He drives. He does two really good things. He drives the bus. And he coaches the D's. He's one of the greatest defensive minds. He's a, he does stuff I don't even know. Like, he missed a couple games in the past few years, and the guys are looking at me. I'm like, defense. I'm like, three, three. Yeah, coach, three A, three B, three. Right, so I'm the offensive guy. O'Shea wants to score 52-48. I want it 102-96. Yeah. So we complement each other. And I think that's the key. And, you know, the friendship's there, but we know where the line is. We know where the line is. He knows I have last say in everything. Okay. But he's the associate coach for a reason. I mean, the guy would be coaching division one college anywhere he wants. If he took advantage of opportunities that he had, he loves high school kids. He loves his lifestyle. He likes St. Andrews and he stayed here all these years. We, we were lucky. A group of kids was very lucky. Kind of like the Vinnie Cullen, Charlie Wilkes, dynamic at CCRI that we played under. 
okay, where Charlie was an equal with Vinny, and they were together for a long, long time. So, John, I can't talk about Hall of Fames, the court dedication. Like, when they – I was – we're playing Worcester. My headmaster walks out in the court, and, I mean, those are Worcester's heated rivalry. But Eddie Riley's like one of my mentors. He got me, he helped me get in the coaching too in 88 when he was at Bryant. And Jamie Sullivan and I are like best friends, except for two hours game time. We hate each other. <laughs> I mean, like we're, we go at it. <laughs> and my head walks out on the court and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, Shay's laughing. And, and they dedicated the court before the Worcester game. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, you know, two things. Why Worcester? And the second thing is, don't don't put my name unless John O'Shea's name's out there. Yeah. You know, but John John didn't want his name out there. And, you know, John always would say, you're the head coach, and I don't mind you getting the accolades. I said, John, you know everything on the walls has your name on it, too. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and the New England Hall of Fame came along. They called me. And obviously, we've been, once again, lucky. We've had a lot of great players. I gave them a list and they said, let's start off at the beginning. And they said, you know, you and Tony and Josh. And I said, good. Cause I wouldn't show up unless my guys were being inducted. I brought up John and I know John will eventually get in there. And, uh, but the night was great with those two guys. They're a lot older now. You know, I've coached guys who are 40, 42, 43 years old. <laughs> Weird. And we just had a great time telling the old stories and, and they tell me things I don't want to hear. Like, coach, we snuck out of the dorms. You know, like, they tell me the stories I don't want to hear. But that was really special. Um, and then, I, you know, I got, you know, I'm in the Hall of Fame at Maine Fort Kent. I knew nothing about it. John knew all about it. You know, he was there. He drove the eight hours and with, with Mike Owens and everybody else. And then our team got in at Maine Fort Kent. Our team got in the Hall of Fame up there. So we had another reason to go up and see our old coach and, I think those things, they're not like, oh, wow, I'm big time. They're more awesome. I get a time to have a reunion. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It will go back to the philosophy of family. It's a time to celebrate and have a reunion. John Calipari got into the Hall of Fame. Every guy who played for him in college got an invitation to the Hall of Fame in a hotel room. And I know it because Mike Burns was one of them. Mike Burns, who coached at Rhode Island College and coached with Coach Shea, dear friend of ours, yeah. coached with us for a year. He showed me that he showed it to me. Every guy got an invite, and Cal had like 500 people show up for him, and he picked the tab up, which wow. is amazing. Yeah. So I think the accolades are nice, the coach of the years are nice, but it, it's earned with everybody. And we have another tradition here I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Our managers. We have managers from all over the world. Tremendous. They are assistant athletic directors. They get the job done. Um, I've had guys grab a ladder, go up and change a light bulb. Um, I used to have a, you know, this guy, John Holmes, who runs his own construction company now. Holmes Construction, by the way, they're awesome. Lives right here in, in Barrington. You know, he'd have a three-piece suit on and greet the teams coming in, like, just lucky, just lucky. You know, we have the voice of the saints. Kids try out to be the announcer. We've had that tradition. We have Luke Montabano was the voice of the saint for seven years. He got it as a seventh grader, right? <laughs> as, you know, as actually as a sixth grader. And we have a banner on the wall. Luke Montabano, voice of the saints, you know, all that. 
So like it, it's there's a lot more than basketball going on is what I'm trying to say, and they and they all come back. The managers come back, parents, and they all come back. And I wouldn't want it any other way. And the night they did the floor, we had a whole bunch of people. We we had a dinner afterwards right here in the lobby. You know, pizza and soda, my favorite meal. Yeah. <laughs> Worcester joined us, and we we beat Worcester seventy to sixty three, and it was a war. It was a war. And then we're eating. That's why I love prep school basketball. You kill each other for two hours, and you come out. And everyone's hugging and laughing and having dinner together. And, you know, so, yeah. So all the accolades are become are because of the family, you know. I mean, I do put the time in. I won't say that. Yeah. But it's the family. It's the family. I, I love it, Coach. This is, that's awesome. I, I love it. I love I even read an article, too, uh, you know, about the Hall of Fame induction. You did mention uh, Coach O'Shea in that article as well, too. And it's just awesome. It's the same thing that you just pretty much said here. It's just amazing. I love that you have that atmosphere. You create the family atmosphere. And that means, it sounds like it just means the world to you. And, it, you know, and I love that you give credit to everyone. It's just not yourself. You're giving credit to the whole staff, the managers, the people around you. It's just, it's just awesome. I, can I come work for you? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, might, I might need somebody. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. All right. All right. Like, 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 with the thing, Last thing with O'Shea, like tonight, I got to hand out varsity practice gear. John O'Shea's in there running practice. Like the kids know when the head coach ain't there, they have a little breathing time, right? In general, yeah. in general. Yeah. Not at St. Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> Not at St. Andrews. No way. He's the same as I am. He always has been. He always will be. And like I said, he's turned down a lot of opportunities to stay here. We're lucky. We're lucky. That's awesome. That's great. All right, Coach, last question. We'll wrap it up. What is your favorite thing to do outside of basketball? God, I love to eat. <laughs> you, you and me both. I love to eat, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I got the curse. I'm Sicilian and I'm Irish. I'm, <laughs> I got the curse. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was single for a long time. I had – you know, I had, I had, you know, you know, girlfriends and some relationships and all that stuff, but, but never married. I was never a married man with a family. And I always said to myself, um, you know, one day the right situation might, might start. So it's funny. It did. And I, I, I missed out on quite a bit. And you, the, my favorite thing is just sitting down, <laughs> having dinner, with the wife and the kids. That's awesome. You know, LeBron can see whatever he wants. The Hart family started Taco Tuesday. Yeah. He can see whatever he wants. <laughs> we started it about seven or eight years ago. And, uh, you know, like just those are some good times. And my guys are getting older. They're going to be out of the house soon. Yeah. And family time, I get it now. It took me long enough to understand it. And, um, you know, like like Coach Cyrus, he left coaching to spend more time with his family. You talk mm -hmm. about like best of the business. Yeah. I, I always admired that. You know, you know what I mean? Like in uh and granted, I you know, when I got married, the kids were older and and I could spend more time and you know, with, with the basketball and I have a very supportive, absolutely incredible wife. You talk about overachieving, you know, like you're you're talking. You're talking way, you're talking way overachieving right there. <laughs> right? There's me. Yes. <laughs> Mother-in-law. Uh, but way overachieving there. Right? Yeah. Look at me. Look at her. I'm way overachieving. 
And she just lets me coach basketball and be kids. She's like a second mother for these guys. I got a guy from Ireland. I had a kid from Guam. That's a long way. Yeah. My wife's right there. And I like it because she doesn't baby them, but she's good to them. And that's what the kids need. They need that. And um, so, yeah, obviously the family time is my, my favorite thing to do. And when I get home tonight, my youngest, Liam, he has one of his buddies staying over the house. And they're probably playing the video games that all these kids are playing. And, um, you know, I'll walk in. The kid plays varsity for us, too, with Liam. Yeah. And I'll say, gee, there's a college basketball game on. You guys should be watching. <laughs> you should be. And, and Rich brings me with the last thing I want to say. It's so special. It, it's amazing. When we have, uh, last week we had eight St. Andrews Saints, because I have the XPM Plus, yeah. eight guys playing. Wow. And then we had eight boys, and then we had two girls playing. Actually, three. I'm sorry. We had three. So we had 11 former St. Andrews Saints on one night playing on TV. And that was really special for me. It started at noon and it ended at midnight. Wow. That was really special. It was really special. And once, you know, I'm lucky I've had this trainer for God knows how long. And he is Val Weber. And she lives right next door to me, her and her husband. She's got two little guys. And uh, the faculty, we all, a bunch of us live on campus. And we all went to her house and, and we cooked and we hung out and we just enjoyed watching success. Some kids played two minutes, other kids played the whole game. It was awesome. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. It was awesome. But that's off the court. It's the family, and that includes the St. Andrews family that I enjoy the most. I love it, coach. I, but I like to eat. I like to eat. <laughs> favorite meal. What's your favorite meal? Pizza. Pizza, yeah. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> like I can't, I can't. I cut down on the bread, but it's the pizza. Now, now my mom's side is from Federal Hill. Yeah. You know, the, the old Italian stereotype, three tenement house. Yeah. You know, gravy, gravy, <laughs> you know, loaf of bread, dunking in. So I grew up eating three meals with bread at every meal. That was. And um, it comes back to haunt you, you know, you know, when you get older and you're less active because bread puts a lot of weight on you. And then the other side, the Irish side, my father's side was from Smith Hill. And, you know, you get the, you know, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my mother, God bless her, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable cook, you know, and, and my dad made a mean steak. And um, so we just, I grew up around a lot of food. And then I come to St. Andrews, I'm about 180 pounds, but I'm really 150. I'm 30 pounds heavier because of the weight room. Yeah, I was into weightlifting then. You know, you get out of college, that's all you do is lift. Yeah, yeah and um, you know, I played in the men's league, whatever. Yeah, and I come to St. Andrews, I move on campus, and they say, "Hey, the cafeteria is free. How do you package?" <laughs> now, Monday nights is steamship round. They're covering it for you. Yeah. You know, like we have these gourmet chefs. The kids are from all over the world. We have kids from Serbia make a Serbian meal. You know, you know, kids from China make a real Chinese food. Like, so like now I start eating there, I start putting weight on and the, the Italian shows it's, I have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, but the old Dr. Oz five question food addiction test. I only answered two out of five. That's good. So I'm not an addict, but right. one of them was like, do you ever lose a job because you were home eating? Yeah. I'm not that bad. I went to work that day. No, but no, I'm just saying like, 
I'm close. I got to make better choices. My wife has been awesome, but I've been up, down. I, I'm like Elvis. I'm fat Elvis, skinny Elvis. Up, down, up, down, up, down. I lost all this weight this year, you know, because of COVID, and then I gained it because of yeah. COVID, like I said earlier. So, yeah. But pizza, it's, you know, and I don't know if you knew this, but Domino's changed their recipe about seven or eight years ago, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. Actually, yeah, I do like And we have a deal. We, the athletic department has a deal. Don't tell anybody. $6 large. <laughs> But anyway, thank you very much. I, I can't, and what you're doing is amazing because you're, you're getting, you know, the state of Rhode Island, the notoriety it deserves. And, thank you. Um, and I want to publicly thank all the Rhode Island coaches for, you know, just answering the emails or my text messages or calls just to give us a shot to play. We're in a, we're in a hole here. And just for those guys to offer, just, you know, I, I really appreciate that because they don't have to do that. You know, and I know their season's condensed. And, um, you know, just to, to think of us that way, I, I really, really appreciate it. And we got a ton of talent here, a lot of talent in the coaching business. That's, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. I love it. I love how close-knit the Rhode Island community is, of uh, all the coaches and how great everyone keeps in contact with each other. That's just absolutely amazing. Coach, this interview was outstanding. I had so much fun talking to you. I had so much – I learned so much. I was in awe half the conversation, but this is – this has been great. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. It means so much to me. And I definitely have to make it to a couple of games when we're allowed back to the games and stuff like that. I would be there. I got to get my St. Andrews gear now. My, I'm going to start swearing. Where I say I'll get you something. I'll get you something. Um, I, I'm, hey, best ticket in town. It's free. Although yeah. we're not allowing. Hold on. I don't want to get in trouble. We're not allowing spectators right now during COVID. Yes. But after COVID in the future. You guys yeah. can walk in. Only the Christmas tournament we charge because I have a large overhead. Okay. Uh, but we don't make any money on it just to pay the bills. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I did notice that. Is that that says Wheeler. Is that is that Wheeler? Yeah, this is Wheeler. Uh, this is in North Stoneton, Wheeler, Connecticut. Um, so that's where I coach basketball. I coach with uh, my old uh, my old high school coach Neil Cobley. So I coach over yeah. in Stoneton. So it's a small school. It's like uh, like two. I don't know. Graduating classes of twenty five. So. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Where is it? It's in North Stoneton. So, like, you know when you go to Foxwoods? Yeah. There's, like, a school there. Like, you kind of see it. That's, that's the school. That's where I used to coach over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, it's right before Foxwoods off of uh, – oh, of... you, you played for Coach Kelly. I was going to say, God bless you. Oh, no, no, no. I played I, I played for um... – He was good, by the way. Sean Kelly was a very good basketball player. Was he? Yeah, he was I see. I, Dan Sylvester was my coach at Westwood. Oh, that's right. Oh, another legend. Yeah, yeah. He was a great guy. Oh. And then the guy, his assistant uh, coach, Neil Cobley, was assistant for a long time. With and him at West, West Warwick, too? Uh, I, didn't have my, I didn't have him at West Warwick. I had him just at West. Yeah, but those guys coached together at West Warwick, too, for years. They, they had unbelievable teams. That's yeah. the other thing, too. Henry Coleman is doing that um, you know, YouTube channel, putting all those old games up. Ah, oh. yeah. Oh, it brings back so many memories. It's yeah. nice. Henry's a good friend too now actually yeah after interviewing him he's been very helpful and helped getting this thing going a little bit more too he's got me in contact with a lot of coaches and stuff like that so he, he was really 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 good so that's been awesome coach I you're like this interview was just out, out of this world thanks for listening yeah. oh my god I loved it I loved every I honestly god I, I'm not going to cut a second of it because I loved every minute of it like I will think I can guarantee people will look like will love to listen uh to like your story 
Um, also, if you have some kids that you want to bring on, I'm happy to have them on just to do a okay. couple of interviews with them or, um, you know, love to get you on one of the round tables too, of all the coaches that I do. So I don't know if you've seen those before, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're good. It, like I said, I, I'm a sponge. I love to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Love to learn. It'd be great to have you coach Saris and some of the other coaches in Renown on all together. So it'd be a lot of fun. Sounds good. Yeah. I yeah. We'll, so. we'll set that up, but coach, thank you so much. Uh, good luck with everything with like, you know, setting up games. Uh, if there's anything I can do on my end, I don't know what I can do, but to help out in some sort of way, let me know. I'm always, I'm here. Sounds for you. good. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I appreciate you and everything. Awesome. All right, coach. I'll let you know when this comes out. I'll send it over to you, but thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right. Great interview with Coach Hart. I really enjoyed our conversation. He's doing a great job with St. Andrews and over there and just a lot of fun. I hopefully can make it to a game next year. I really enjoyed our conversation. Just a lot of fun. Just a great, great guy. Uh, you know, the past, you know, Coach Pina as well that I had on the show, great guy. And, you know, Tyler Kolek, great, great guy as well, too. I mean, they're all doing great things at the schools where they are you know coach pina is definitely turning around st george's into a powerhouse in rhode island and actually st andrews and uh st george just set up a uh, seven game series against each other so i'll definitely be watching those because those are two of rhode island's top powerhouses in rhode island and then you know you got rocky hill as well too so it's just a lot of fun i'm glad that these prep schools are in the area there'll be a lot of fun to watch those games and catch those guys play on Sunday, we bring to you the Sunday recap show for boys basketball. Great, great time doing uh, those. Just being a look at that will be live on YouTube Sunday morning at 10 a.m. with Ramon De Los Santos. Great interview. Uh, you know, great time with him. He's doing a great job with Ball and Arai. Obviously, he does awesome with them. He's 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 doing great things. So I'm I'm extremely lucky to have him on on the show and doing the the recaps with me it means a lot to me to have him so be on the lookout for that on sunday on monday we bring to you the head coach of pc cheerleading melissa scongio uh d'amico great interview with her really enjoyed our conversation and wednesday will be her husband trevor d'amico who's the assistant coach at ewg boys basketball team and then friday uh it's going to be up in the air i haven't decided what episode we'll release on friday um i have some more interviews coming up i pushed some interviews back this week because i have been feeling pretty ill so i appreciate everyone for their patience but we will be back on sunday so i'll see you guys sunday have a great friday and a great saturday and see you sunday